You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you as always by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy, follow him on social at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I'm on social at egiddings10. Um, okay, so I, I do, before we <laughs> come down some people's road, Mark, I do want to mention that I did think the defense played well today. And, and we discussed some of it. But, I mean, just looking at the numbers, I know the second half changes a little bit of the equation. But the Philadelphia Eagles in this game only had 270 yards as an offense. They had 250 yards on the ground in the divisional round game. Like the Niners, even though, yes, they gave up 31 points, it's because of some of those mistakes and turnovers that we mentioned, Mark. The defense as a whole, I thought, was flying to the football. And we're talking about Philadelphia as a team that was number one on offense in just about every statistical statistical category that counts, the 49ers defense came to play today and they limited the Eagles to five for 15 on third down. I know that they converted all four or pardon me, all three of their third downs, but really in between the twenties, Mark, I thought this defense for the 49ers stood up to the task. The issue is that they just kept getting dealt these bad hands and that resulted in Philadelphia capitalizing in the red zone. 31 points doesn't tell the whole story in my eyes when it comes to how the defense as a whole played today. I'm with you. I thought the defense was phenomenal for most of the first half. The 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 penalties at the end of the first half changed things, as I just said, and, and then you could yeah. feel the frustration, and that bled into the second half, and the, the tempers flared at the very end of the game. Trent Williams was ejected. All of that started with those penalties at the end of the first half, but I'm with you. Other than those penalties, and uh, Dre Greenlaw had a couple of bad, questionable ones. He might have had his worst game of the year. Um, But I'm with you, generally speaking, Evan. I thought the defense was really good. We heard a lot all week about how this Eagles offensive line is the best in football. And, hey, they probably are. I mean, they have all pros and pro bowlers everywhere, future Hall of Famers, maybe two of them on that offensive line. They're really, really, really good. The Niners dominated the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball, the Eagles' offensive side of the ball in the first half. Nick Bosa was in the backfield all the time. I mean, uh, Eric Armstead had pressure through the middle a handful of times. They didn't get to Jalen Hurts early in the game, Evan, in that first half. But how often did he have a clean pocket to throw? Almost never. The Niners were on him often and made it uncomfortable for him. And that's a big reason why there was legitimate concern among the Eagle fans in Philadelphia late in the first half when it was a 7-7 ball game, even when it was 14-7 before that Josh Johnson fumble. So I'm with you. The the defense, I thought, take away some of the, the terrible penalties, and a lot of that was just once the game was over in the second half. Take that away. The Niners defense was really good. I mean, look at the four touchdowns. 
that the Eagles scored, Evan. The first came directly after a fourth and three conversion, which really wasn't a conversion. Again, you can you can blame Kyle Shanahan for not throwing the challenge flag if you want, but the point is the defense. I thought it was a catch. I looking at the the, the final at, replay at first, that at they first, showed. At first. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I at first thought it was a catch as well, but it looked like that. I think it was Jimmy Ward. Might have been might have been Mooney Ward that got his hand in there and, and kind of poked the ball free. But ultimately, the Niners' defense should have gotten a stop there. They actually did get a stop. The ball hit the ground. It should have been incomplete. That led to one touchdown. The other touchdown was what I was just talking about, those three costly penalties that created first downs and fresh sets of downs for the Eagles, ultimately led to a touchdown. The third touchdown was after the Josh Johnson fumble that led to the Boston Scott touchdown at the end of the first half. And then in the second half, the only touchdown for the Eagles was after – a questionable roughing the kicker call. It was a weird one. Jordan Mason looked like he beat his man. And then it was Jake Stoll, the second string tight end for the Eagles, looked like might have been holding Jordan Mason. And ultimately, Mason doesn't get his hands on the ball and, and hits into the kicking leg of, of the punter. I'm not going to argue the rule book here. It seemed like a little bit of a ticky-tack call. I thought Stoll was holding Mason back anyway, so maybe it should have been a repunt. But the fact is, a roughing the kicker, roughing the punter penalty extended that drive and led to a touchdown. So the four touchdown drives, Evan, there were certainly mistakes by the defense involved in those drives. But if you just take out one mistake here, one mistake there on each of those drives, they don't end in scores. I thought the defense played much better than those 31 points suggest. I know that's a lot of ifs that I'm talking about, but I I do agree with you. I think the final score doesn't quite show how well this defense played, at least for most of the first half. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I also think, look, it, to me, it wasn't a great day for officials, but yeah, I think it was bad. it was kind of both ways. Look, I, I maybe you could say that it, it ended up favoring Philadelphia um, you know, obviously they, they don't get the call on Devontae Smith uh, again. And it, it was Jimmy Ward who ripped that ball out. I, I, I think that that that's a tough play to call in the midst, in, in the heat of battle. And again, I think Philadelphia did a good job of getting to the line of scrimmage, not giving time for anyone to realize what had happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, Devontae Smith immediately gets up and is saying, huddle, huddle, clock, like get this ball going. <laughs> that, that's a Kyle, savvy play. And if you're Kyle Shanahan at that point, maybe you're like, okay, he thinks it's not a catch. But I mean, what he said, what he said after the game was, I was going to just throw the flag because why not? It's probably worth it on a play like that. But then I saw the replay up on the video board and the replay didn't look like it was incomplete. He just didn't see the right angle, obviously. So if he didn't see any replay, he was going to throw the flag, but he did see one and, and decided not to throw it. So I don't know. It was also like four minutes into the football game. And so maybe you're saying, okay, well, I don't want to burn a challenge this early in such an important game where I might need it. You also might need a a timeout at the tail end of the first half. I I don't know what's going through Kyle Shanahan's mind there, but whatever he determined, it was not worth throwing the challenge flag. Then, okay, so we're talking about that, that Christian McCaffrey drive that led to the tie game in the second quarter for the 49ers. That's because the referees don't see the punt hit the wire from the camera right above, <laughs> like, okay, so that, that's a botch call, too. Uh, the punter sends it clearly. It is a spiral from, from the Philadelphia side. Spiral goes through, and you can see it clearly knuckle off in the middle of its flight, about at the apex of the punt, and it goes out of bounds. There's an unnecessary, unnecessary roughness call. They get an extra 15 yards. 
that should have been repunted. And the 49ers may not have been able to play from as far ahead as they did on that possession. Like that's a that's a missed call by the referees. So I understand where you're, you know, you want the Jimmy Ward. It's a ticky tack call, but that also may have been why he was able to create a, a chance where he could pick the football. I mean, you know, the I know by the letter of the law, Jordan Mason technically got underneath the the punter the way a defender gets under a three point shooter on a shot. But maybe Stoll actually kind of pushed him into the punter. That kind of stuff is is a 50-50 call. And looking back on it, just because of how much else was going against the 49ers, injuries, other penalties, self-inflicted wounds, I, I get looking at all those things and saying, well, the, the officials just you know kind of did us in today. But the reality is they just weren't very good as a crew, to me, on both sides. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh, 100%. This was a bad game for the officials. And kind of put aside who it favored more, if it was a pro-Eagles whistle, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I think every point you raised is fair. They were bad calls both ways, and it's it's really hard to try to kind of put your internal biases to the side, which is why I generally dislike talking about officiating, Evan. Uh, I will say, putting all that to the side, it's on the officials to keep a game in check. And yeah. it got nasty at the end. And a lot of that is just how frustrated the Niners are, not necessarily at the whistles, but that their quarterback, both of their quarterbacks in this game got injured and and they had to go into the second half, essentially the entire second half of this game, basically without a quarterback, without anyone on their roster that could throw the ball. Um, so some of that is frustration just in that. But regardless of where the frustration is coming from, Evan, you as an official, it is your job to make sure this does not get ugly and embarrassing and overly physical. And it got that, that the, the final scrum towards the end of the game, when, when Trent Williams body slammed someone, I know there were a lot of Niner fans who were celebrating that. That's a, that's an embarrassing look to me. It's disgusting. And, you know, it, it's not something that's, you know, physically hurt that Eagles player. It, not, but you just can't, you just can't do that. I mean, they're going to be, Niner, not and Niners, their players, the the organization, the coaches probably don't care what the national perception is, Evan. But nationally, fans, not Niner fans, but fans across the nation will remember this Niners season not for the incredible run that they just went on, not for the remarkable story that is Brock Purdy. They will remember this team for that final scrum, and they will call them fair or not. Sore losers. They will call them, you know, saying that it was embarrassing and, and unnecessary and too flagrant. That's what they're going to remember this Niner team for. It's unfortunate. It fair or foul. It's probably not the most fair thing because this has been a Niners team that has been the opposite of that basically this entire season. But their emotions got the best of them. The officials did not keep this game in check. Um, and unfortunately it, it kind of turns out of control there towards the end. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I would go as, so as far as to say, that's how the team will be remembered. 
But I don't think it's unfair to say that's how Trent Williams season is going to be remembered towards the tail end. I mean, I love Trent Williams. By all accounts, Trent Williams appears to be a great guy, a fantastic he's, he's individual. He's awesome. I mean, we, we've had him on 95.7 The Game. He's a great interview. He loves to have fun. He, he's, by all accounts, an amazing teammate. He uplifts people. And he literally uplifted Kevon Wallace at the tail end of that football game. But Trent Williams, when you wear the captain's crest on your chest, you cannot do that. That is something that a player who is being, you know, having their ass kicked the entire game and is fed up with playing, that's what they do. That's a player that says, I don't want to finish this game because of what has happened. And I get it. It was frustrating to watch. I'm sure it was hell of a lot more frustrating to play. You lose your starting quarterback. You lose your fourth string quarterback. You're at the point where you have to bring in the guy who was hurt to hand off the ball because no one else can capably throw the football down the field. And you are having to block every single play, knowing that in the last half of this football game, you are going to lose. He saw the writing on the wall. And he took it upon himself to hit the showers early. Some people, some 49ers fans in Philadelphia or around the globe might say, that's our guy. I'm a ride with Trent. You know, he's not going down without a fight. Going down with a fight looks worse than going down without a fight. Trent Williams is a fantastic human being, but that will affect the way I look at him in the future because he looked like a kid that was getting his ass kicked and said, I'm done. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And it is unfortunate because it's a reflection of, like you said, the rest of the team. That's not how I will remember this football game. I don't think that's how a lot of people remember this 49ers team. But if someone walks up to you and says, hey, NFC title game, remember that that Trent Williams guy who just like picked up a guy half his size and suplexed him to the ground down 24 when he's getting his ass kicked? You remember that guy? I'll be like, yeah. I do. And that was the lowest moment of Trent Williams career potentially because of how great he's been otherwise. Yeah, I do think um, you do have to say it, it wasn't totally. I, I don't know if unwarranted is, is the right word. I mean, there was a, a pretty big scrum for quite a while before Trent Williams got in there. And I, Aaron Banks was trying to pull someone out before that. Yes. Aaron Banks did not pick up a player and throw him to the ground. I'm sorry. I, I, is, you're is, right. is, is Trent Williams doing that to another 300-pound defensive lineman? No, he's doing that to a safety, to a secondary that's half his size. It looked like a kid who is trying to bully someone else that's smaller than him. You're right. I mean, it's a bad look. I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's not like it was totally out of the blue. There was a, a big scrum, and it, it looked like there were a couple of members of the Eagles team who – had the hands, I think, on Brandon Ayuk's face mask for an extended period of time, and they weren't letting go. And, and Ayuk obviously was a full participant in it as well. I mean, there were too many players on, on either side to name uh, who were involved in it. But you're right. I mean, if you're Trent Williams, who is one of the faces of this organization, wearing the C on his chest, as you said, uh, you, you just simply can't do it. It's unfortunate. Um I think perhaps more than you that that's how the Niners will be remembered nationally for how they uh, conducted fair. themselves at the end of this game in a game where things didn't go their way. Everyone agrees with that. Um, but there's going to be so many people. I, I can already see it on Twitter and, and everyone interacting with Niner fans in the future saying, well, that was embarrassing what you did at the end of the NFC title game. Act like you've been there before. And by the way, you have been there before. So, 
uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I, I really wish we didn't have to talk about it this way because this has been an incredibly fun team and for the most part has been very positive and upbeat and haven't done things like that. Uh, but it changed. It changed. And, and I mean, that's part of what happens in Philadelphia as well. You, you expect going into this game. I mean, teams often take on the personality of their city and Philadelphia is kind of that kind of city. They like to stir things up. You know, I mean, it's, it's the story heading into this game all week. We, we knew it was going to be uh, tough and all the players had been talking about, you got to have a thick skin, just fans going to yell some crazy things at you. You just got to let it roll right off and on to the next. And the players that the Eagles players, that is relish in that. And, and they try to, you know, get under your skin as well. And it, it certainly seemed like it worked, even though the game was, was already uh, decided uh, they were still getting under the Niners skin. And unfortunately that they got the Niners to bite back and, that's what happens. Yeah. It look when you get backed up against the wall, sometimes maybe not your truest colors show, but part of your colors show. And that's, I think what we saw at the tail end of the football game for the 49ers.